Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and welcome to episode 44 of the Busy Business Women podcast. Now, today I am shaking the podcast up a bit and going against my own norm and the rules that I've given myself on this podcast because I have a man, ladies, I have a man shock horror on the show today. And for those of you that are watching the video, you can see Ryan in front of you. So give us a wave, Ryan. Hello, hello. Uh, But very good reason, okay? I believe in bringing the best people into busy business women community. I always have done, regardless of their gender, right? And the gentleman I'm talking to today has played a really important part in growing my thriving Facebook group over recent months. And I want you to benefit from his expertise too, okay? So today we have the very fabulous Ryan Bowles joining me who knows more than a thing or two about building big communities, strong relationships and leveraging those attributes to grow bigger, bolder businesses, which is what we all want, right? So Ryan started growing highly engaged online communities 20 years ago. I know he does not look old enough for that at all uh, with MSN chat. Remember that? And from there, he moved to MySpace before adopting Facebook and Instagram to build his businesses, and there are multiple. Now he helps rock star entrepreneurs, which is obviously how we know each other, and coaches use Facebook groups to establish their authority as the go-to leader in their field, grow their group, nurture their leads, and convert sales. And he does that brilliantly without being salesy or douchey at all, which is very refreshing. So without further ado, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Ryan Bowles from ryanbowles.com onto the podcast today. Ryan, you are a trailblazer, being the first gent onto the podcast. Welcome. Faith, thank you. I'm so honoured to be not only the first dude, um, but just (laughs) that um, you'd have me hang out on here and and get to chat things through. So thanks so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. You are a lot of fun. I think we're going to have such a good time on this podcast. And, um, you know, I do really believe I'm bringing the best people on. And I feel like it'd be remiss of me to kind of sideswipe you for someone else because you've been so instrumental in my business over recent months. So I want to share you with my tribe, right? I don't want to keep it a secret. So let's get stuck in. Now, with my stalking that I had to do to uh, <laughs> research for you on here today and ask you some great questions, I found out a lot about you, which was quite surprising. So I want to back up a bit and talk about your very interesting CV, first of all, okay? Cool. Now, listeners, if you also go and stalk Ryan, you will find that on LinkedIn, he describes himself as a creative with a life degree, which is an awesome tagline that makes you want to read more. And when I got stuck into finding more about his background, I found that Uh-oh. found myself going down a really big rabbit hole full of surprising finds. Most notably that you were the front man and manager for a rock band that landed at number nine on the Aria charts <laughs> and got a recording deal with Sony. Not what I was expecting to no. find. Okay. <laughs> So tell me more about how that came to be and how also you went from rock star to entrepreneur and a bit about what you're doing at the moment in your businesses. Yeah, cool. Well, after you stalked me, I realized I probably need to go and update my LinkedIn profile <laughs> uh, a little bit more as well. But I'm glad that you you found that. Uh, yeah, it's true. And I guess in grade 11 and 12, I always dreamt of being in a band. I was almost born with two drumsticks in my hands and I 
wasn't allowed a drum kit. I was forced to play the guitar. Um, long story short, in my final year of school, uh, I got everyone got given awards, like at the, you know, the formal or the prom or whatever. And uh, mine was, I can do whatever I want because I'm in a band award. And that was the sort of the, <laughs> the attitude that I had at that age. And so I started my first year out of school in a heavy metal band and quickly that disintegrated and it wasn't right. Um, and then me and a bunch of guys from school and, um, you know, friends of myself, my brother, we all started jamming out and we formed a band called Prepared Like a Bride in 2009. It's a very um, awesome name, by the way. Yeah, well, it it, smile. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's a beautiful term being, you know, obviously prepared like a bride. So, uh, yeah, we started this band and we started playing out of garages and then we moved to sheds and, you know, uh, I learned everything to do with marketing and branding and design and a whole bunch of things in that you know arena that um took us to i guess like you said uh nine on the aria charts and signing to sony getting their attention so uh yeah we we toured for six years and made it around the world and had a bunch of fun and uh, learned a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what really, I mean, I can only imagine what you learn. <laughs> so Crazy. There's lots of lessons there. Uh, but I, I do really see the connection with what you're doing at the moment because you've built these big tribes and you've skimmed over it very quickly there, but you were the, it sounds like you were the person kind of making sure that you were in the right places, or as you say, you were the manager, um, but you were getting that traction in terms of social media, website hits, all of that stuff. Yes. And so that's where we started on MySpace. That's where it was, or was it Facebook for, hmm, I think it was probably Facebook. It was that turn of the century, almost MySpace to Facebook. Um, and we had to learn very quickly how to adapt to a new platform, uh, to bring our fans with us and to grow that, you know, and you need good marketing, you need real authenticity. Um, and then, yeah, you need awesome design as well, you know, circulating around that. So they were some of the key learnings, um, how, had to learn how to sell t- design t-shirts and then sell them, um, you know, and create stuff that people were attracted to. So yeah, that's definitely part of that journey into building communities for sure. So how did you end up doing what you do now? Because for those of the, those of you watching the video, you'll see behind Ryan in his awesome office, the graphics, which are fantastic. I love them. Every time I see you on Zoom and your videos, it's great. You are a very creative person. How did you go from rock star to then <laughs> harnessing this creative side and now to you know where you're at now and what we're doing together? Yeah, cool. Simply put, it was like um, we needed a we needed a shirt design or a poster for our first show, and you know I sort of put my hand up and said, "All right, I'll give it a shot designing it." And so I opened up Microsoft Word and designed our first T-shirt and our first poster. Um, very, you know, you know, <laughs> looking back on that now, I wouldn't show anyone that stuff. <laughs> um, but from there, it just went. You know, we didn't have money to pay for anyone to design our stuff, and so. I hacked Photoshop and uh, learned how to design myself. You know, I, I say I've got a YouTube degree in terms of design. That's where I learned it. Um, and so I learned all of the design elements and I started a freelance business. I say all that because I started a freelance business. I couldn't hold down a job or a career or study or anything because we were touring so constantly. Um, and I had to work from the back of a van. So laptop open, we'd be traveling around Oz or America or wherever, and I'd yeah. be designing and replying to emails and before the show started. And, and I built a freelance business. 
<clears throat> the journey as to where I am now is I built a online program and a coaching program around freelancers uh, and have been running that for the last couple of years. And then I started to change my market and find who I really wanted to play ball with. And that was rockstar entrepreneurs and coaches like yourself. Um, <laughs> and I realized that I'd, with my previous program and coaching, I'd built Facebook groups and monetized that and done six figures, you know, in that area. And I thought, well, what if I can help others do this as well? And so that's what has led me to now working with rad people, helping them build communities and relationships. I love that because it doesn't sound on face value like the typical path to go from, you know, heavy metal rock star to what you're doing now. But there's lots of parallels with the things that you've done. And I'm also surprised once again by you because I actually just had this impression that you've gone and done some kind of graphic design quals or, you know, formal training. And to learn that that's all sure. kind of YouTube taught is very impressive. So well done. Oh, now let's you. talk about building communities because you are very good at doing that. You know, during the time of your band, you built and created a Facebook following of over 38,000 likes. And this is a while ago now, right? So, you yeah. know, you were high you had this knowledge when many of us didn't uh, that, that makes you sound like you're about 80 but you know what I'm saying um, <laughs> you built a YouTube channel with over 416,000 views as well as a social media campaign that got 40,000 people worldwide to your band's website in just seven days I'm sure all of us would love that yeah so yeah that as though building engagement and a following has always been in your blood before you started your more recent businesses. What do you think it takes from a mindset perspective to build mm. strong communities like that and the connection that you've been able to foster more recently in your business? Because I think you do yeah, it very, cool. very well. From a mindset perspective, the, the thing that I've probably has been a, the biggest epiphany to me over the last eight months has, especially coming from a marketing landscape. My parents were in business. Um, they ran seminars and coached and all sorts. So from a young age, I've sat and, and watched them speak, etc. And so I've been around it. The bookshelf behind me, I tell people all the time, is full of marketing and sales books from all the greats. There's cassettes there, like some old school stuff. <laughs> and in the last eight months, I've had this incredible experience to work with some people that don't do marketing and sales the, re the way the rest of the world is doing it and portraying it um, at the moment. And I just put it down to uh, being real and authentic. Now, people say and use those words often, but when you come into contact with someone that, you know, they don't offer you anything, sell you anything or do anything or push you in the wrong way but you want to buy everything they have, yeah. that has been the biggest thing for me uh, in the last eight months. And so from a mindset point of view, um, it's just learning to be cool, like not cool and flashy, just cool. Like, um, you know, I think business gets a bit too professional. And so that's why you and I, we have gift wars all the time <laughs> on Facebook and we're just constantly making jokes. And I think People feel refreshed by that. I feel refreshed by it. So hopefully others do as well. Yeah. And that really resonates with me um, because, you know, you talked about the word authentic and I think it's a word that's used, banded around a lot and overused, but you kind of caveated it there. You know, it's about being real and, and raw and true to yourself. There's a book by uh, Steve Sims called Blue Fishing. Have you come across that? Oh, I haven't. 
I'll well, jot that down. Well, it was recommended to me by our joint friend, Taki Moore, and big shout oh, out to Taki because that's, we'll talk about it more later, but that's how Ryan and I met. But he put a shout out to Steve Sims's book. Steve's in the, uh, Steve's in the US, but he's a, a Londoner. And in his book, he talks about being ugly, which is actually what really resonated with me. And it makes me laugh as I say that. It's not that I think I'm ugly. Don't everyone start messaging me and say that I've got issues. But, you know, Steve talks about being ugly because he says, first of all, authentic is overused now. It's kind of become this trend, on-trend hit word. But to him, ugly is about being true to yourself, not having to put the shine and the bells and whistles on it, just having those gift wars and saying things as you would instead <laughs> totally. of trying to formalise them and be ultra-professional. And people love that and people engage with that. And I have the same in my community as yours. I think everything that I've seen about you always feels like it's completely ugly in inverted commas, which is why I've bought into everything that you do because (laughs) you pull that off so, so well and it's very natural. So kudos to you. I like that thought. But yeah, let's go for ugly. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely uh, appreciate that. I mean, a great, well, what my mind goes to is seeing like, um, mums out there just you know putting up photos when they're just you know being a mum and they're not polished and I don't know I, my mind just went there for a second I'm like cool you know you can be yourself you don't have to be you know the face that you always are etc we're going off on a tangent here, but that's where my mind that's, went <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast right there <laughs> right I'm about to go off at that tangent too but I'll stop myself but I got it with you we are completely the same page there all right so on that note you did uh i think this kind of is a nice segue into this you did a wonderful facebook live earlier this week which i've mentioned in one of my facebook lives because it inspired me where you talked about the fact that the next level in your business can be just one connection away which i really agree with and love how have you seen that play out in your business so cool. I, I love this story because it relates directly to us, but I tell multiple people this story. Uh, and it comes back to our friend Taki Moore, um, coach of all coaches, absolute yeah. legend. And it was it, the, to backdate this story to January last year, uh, 2018, was the first time I went to ClickFunnels, you know, Funnel Hacking Live in the States. Yeah. I posted in the Facebook group, and this was back when it was maybe 50,000 people or so in 2017. I posted in the group and said, who is going to ClickFunnels in 2018? Uh, like from Australia, who's the Aussies? Uh, I just need to connect with people because I've, I've got no one. I know nothing. I'm going there on my own. You know, everyone starts tagging all these Aussies. A dude by the name of Chris Benetti gets tagged. And so I reach out to everyone that's an Aussie, just wanting to make a friend that at least I can feel, you know, not like, you know, this loser on his own out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I reach out to Chris and everyone, but Chris and I just hit it off and start talking about stuff. He's of a similar age and, you know, we start making friends and then next minute we're on a Zoom call and just seeing what each other does in business and how we can maybe help each other. The next thing he says, is like, dude, were you in a band? (laughs) <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, I was. He goes, was it prepared like a bra? I said, yeah. He said, I used to love your band. Like he's in Perth, you know, opposite side for anyone listening of Australia. Yeah. He's in Perth. And uh, he'd heard, heard and seen me and seen us play. Anyway, so it strengthens this bond. We go to Funnel Hacking Live and become best mates. That was January 2018. He helps me with webinars, with funnels, with so much stuff through the year. And then he visits me on the Gold Coast. We work out of the office here. And one late night after building some funnel online for 12 hours that day, he says, dude, do you know uh, Chrisa Hill? And I said, 
no, who's she? He goes, man, you've got to meet Carissa. She'd be perfect for your podcast. Uh, I think she could help you with a bunch of stuff. She's a, a rock star entrepreneur. Cool. He puts us into a message together and says, Carissa, meet Ryan, Ryan, Carissa. I get Carissa on the podcast. We're jamming out and all this cool stuff. And she says, oh, you know, Taki Moore. Um, and I'm like, no, who's Taki Moore? She goes, what? You don't know Taki? Everyone knows Taki. He, you know, he looks like you. He, he's exactly. he, coaches, he coaches coaches and, and does a phenomenal job at it. She goes, you've got to know him. I said, cool. That was in like September, October last year, nearly a year ago. I do my due diligence and I start stalking the guy like you stalked me and yeah. finding out more about him, downloading everything he's got, watching everything he's got. And I just related. I felt that real authenticity, you know. And in November, I ended up at his intensive in Manly. And so this is just under a year ago now. And I just, I've sat in so many seminars for 30 years of my life, literally from year one. And I've never been in a room with someone that teaches and delivers the way he does. And I think I just want to be around this guy. You know, I don't know what he's offering or whatever. Yeah. Come six months, eight months, fast forward to this year. Um, you know, we've been in contact and whatnot. He reaches out to me and says, Hey dude, I'd love your help on some Facebook group stuff. And that was like a penny drop moment for me where it was just like, wow, this all started in 2017 when I posted in a Facebook group if there were any Aussies going to yeah. an event. And then one by one by one, the connections have led to someone who's added so much value to your world, I know, and to yeah, mine completely. as well. Um, and now I get the opportunity to hang out and work, you know, one-on-one -on -one much more closely with someone that I just admire. And that is for me where that one connection away can change everything in your business. Such a domino effect, isn't it? Crazy. And just being open to that. I love that it, because I connected with Chris this week because I saw you two hanging out together and thought he looked like an interesting guy. And, <laughs> you know, then yeah. started looking at his website and the stuff that he's doing, which is fantastic. And I think it's just being really open to that. Open to, to connecting to finish, with people. To finish Sorry. off on that story, I, no, I, I wanted to cut you off because I didn't mention you in this story. Um, <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> And, you know, to shout you out as well, the way that, you know, we came into contact was through Taki's group and, you know, you saw something of mine and we got in touch. And since then, you know, uh, obviously we've worked together on your Facebook groups and things, but there's been a much like bigger relationship built and yeah. friendship here. And now we're on a podcast, you know, offering value to your community and we've got other stuff lined up. It's a huge domino effect. So... It really, really is. And I just want to go a little bit left of centre here that on what my plan was for this podcast because I want to just draw on this a little bit more. I have a lot of conversations with people about connecting with other people on Facebook. And, um, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts or, you know, your experience of people saying this to you because I reckon you get it too. I'm very open on my Facebook profile, my personal profile to connect with people all of the time. Like I go onto their, pro you know, if somebody sends me a friend request, I'll go onto their profile, have a look. Have you got any friends in common? Do they look like a legit person and not crazy totally. or tr just trying to sell me some kind of weird shit? Yeah. Uh, but you know, if they look pretty normal in inverted commas, you know, who's normal anyway, but I'll connect with them and then, you know, we'll start a chat and some people will chat more than others, but I'm really open to connecting with people that I 
do not know whatsoever because I've seen, you know, as you've been talking about the power of doing that and not just relying on the people that you meet at the school or through your net physical networking group in your local community and so on. And it's allowed me to really build my business and can, and much more importantly, actually connect with really cool people. So for example, I love doing this podcast. You were talking before about, I would love to just podcast all the time. And it's really fun doing this with you, but I'm getting, I'm only getting to do this with you because I commented on a Facebook post. I was open to us connecting. I was open to us having a messenger chat. Sorry, this is a very long winded question. So That's I don't know great. Question, frankly, but yeah. uh, so the conversations I end up in are, yeah, but I don't want to, this is what people will say to me. I don't want to connect with weirdos or strange people or people I don't know on Facebook and that's not what my Facebook profile is for sure. um what are you what are your thoughts on that yeah I was there I was right in that seat once upon a time as well I had a previous account with 5,000 friends on it um, in the band days and mm-hmm. I deleted that account simply because I was so done with Facebook and after the band finished you know I was peopled out for quite a while yeah. um and I just I was like I just want to Facebook you know with my 10 friends and my 30 family members and that's all, you know, I don't want anything. And it went that way for a while. And do you know what? I I don't regret that, but I, I look back and I think I wish I had started maximizing my account and making connections when I started this new account a a long time before I actually did. So Mm. I was only personal. It was all locked up and private. Um, but I just saw the opportunity heading, you know, in such a direction that if I wasn't on the bandwagon, I was missing out. Um, and especially if your business, I mean, I was going to say, especially if your business revolves around being online. I mean, whose business doesn't these days? You need yeah. to have an online presence. People are going to check out your LinkedIn. They're going to check out your Facebook. They're going to see Instagram, Google you. And if they don't see something, um, you know, that is established and legitimate, you know, and relatable, you know, the chance of them reaching out to you and doing business with you is super slim. Um, yeah. And we heard from, I was in a networking uh, brekkie this week, uh, Elise Strotton or Strawn. Uh, she has my cupcake addiction. She's got 11 million like audience worldwide. Wow. And she was saying the exact same thing. If I go onto your profile or Google you and I can't see what I need to see, I'm not reaching out. Yeah. And that's coming from the top of someone that her whole business is connection. So my recommendation to anyone feeling that way would be just balance your business and personal, you know, exposure on your profile. Um, Understand that people will be coming to check you out. They will want to see how many mutual friends you've got, um, you know, what your content, what you're talking about on that profile. Uh, If you're just sharing inspirational quotes all the time you know just just be aware of what's going up onto your profile and know that for every one person that reaches out that wants to do business there's probably another nine or ten that just skimmed by and went to the next person yeah exactly I love that thanks it's great advice it's also something that you know we've talked about in your group that your program that I've done as well and I think that the advice you give there is absolutely on point so talking about that let's get stuck into Facebook groups um it's definitely your genius zone and that's the reason that we met so 
backstory that Ryan's mentioned, but just to clarify, Ryan put up a post in a Facebook group a few months back that I'm a member of. I commented, we ended up chatting on Messenger and then I joined his program. It was almost seamless um, and I'm so pleased I did. So fast forward to now, we're doing some really exciting stuff together, all from that one little but very valuable post in a Facebook group. So Ryan, why do you think there is so much focus on Facebook groups right now? Oh, good question. Uh, <laughs> to go back to the way you framed that, you said it was almost seamless in the process. So what was that point in my sales process that wasn't? Well, you know what? I'm going to bring this up because it's it's good because I think it was really good that, the way that you managed it. And I actually wasn't intending to talk about this at all, but I just remember our conversations of, I'd loved your post in the Facebook group. We connected quickly. You've got great chat and banter and you've got a really good way of managing Facebook Messenger chats, uh, which I'm trying to get better at as well. And I just, I was at a point where I'm not hundred percent sure if this is right for me. I need you to get me over the line. I kind of basically laid it out like that. Didn't I, I need to, yeah. I need to know more. And the way that you managed that was brilliant. Cool. And I don't even know that you answered the question, but I was like, I really like him. I like the way that he's doing this whole thing and I can really learn from this. I was like, bang, I'm in. And it was, it was the relatable. best money. Pardon? So it was relatable completely. It was the best money I spent in my business in a good couple of years, actually. So probably since I was in Taki's group, as we've mentioned Taki so much. So kudos to you. Like you should have charged heap more for that, but that's another conversation, right? So (laughs) let's talk about focus on Facebook groups. Why do you think there's so much emphasis at the moment on them? I think it just comes down to community and, and interaction. Like we're in such a social world, everyone's so aware of that. There's notifications left, right and center, but still depression's at its highest, anxiety's at its highest, you know, so things just don't match up. Why are we so connected yet so, you know, struggling in so many of the interpersonal areas of our world? It just doesn't match up. And it's because there's not real community in those connections. Um, So if you've got a huge Instagram following, you know, you can't have community there. Sure, you'll have comments. If you've got a huge Facebook business page, sure, you know, people might comment and watch your videos, but there's no community. And so when it comes to a group, the way I tell people or break it down when they say, what's the difference between a page and a group? You know, a page is just like a billboard. We drive past 10, 20, 30 of them a week, you know, on the freeway, on our back streets. And we look at them and go, oh, that's nice and don't do anything with them. A group is like inviting someone into your lounge room and having a meal with them, watching a show, solving all of the world problems in an hour and, you know, really diving into the the deep things. And so, um, you know, I can't speak for Facebook, but they're putting emphasis there from my point of view because that's where people are having real community. Uh, They're getting value. They feel heard and they've got people that can support them. Um, whether that's the member community or whether that's the the admin side, the leader of the group. And so I feel hopefully that they're doing something for humanity uh, in pushing towards groups in a, you know, it's not just a money thing or a platform thing that they're actually trying to help people not just have notifications, but have engagements with real people. 
Yeah, I think that's some great points there. First of all, I love the analogy of the billboard versus the lounge room. Like how spot on is that? People just skim past the page. But yeah, you you know, when you find a group that you want to hang out in, you want to go back there and go back there and you get to know the members and you want to have more conversations. I love that. That's where I really want my group to be and is definitely getting to that point with your help. Also, I think with Facebook, and I can't remember where I've seen references to this, probably all over the media, but, you know, with the, you know, the challenges that we have from a mental health point of view, they need to be seen to help to be doing something about that because many I'm generalizing here but you know there are a lot of mental health issues that social media contribute to so being seen to be able to create communities instead of just having the competition of how many likes someone has is really important so I think you just hit the head yeah 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 it's it's massive so be interesting They're, they're pushing them a long way and um, I think the space is really going to develop and change fast in the next, you know, six months. Uh, I wouldn't say too much longer than that. So it's a good time for people to be building a community around their business. Um, and I think, you know, we wanted, we wanted to chat about it, you know, who's it right for and who's it not right yeah. for as well. Well, exactly. Let's do that. So I've had lots of conversations with clients who have asked me, you know, shall I start a group or I'm thinking of doing one or they just throw into the conversation, I'm going to start a Facebook group and my hands kind of go to my head because I think, oh, like it's a lot of work and effort and you need strategy, right? So I don't think Facebook groups are for everyone, but I might be very wrong there. So please. No, I agree. What's your advice to people that are, are trying to decide whether to start a group or not? Yeah, um, I've got. I'll use a friend as an example. He's got a great painting, and um, you know he'll he can do anything on your home, sort of renovation wise. But painting is the sort of the core. Uh, and he's come to me multiple times. I want to start a Facebook group. I want to do what you're doing. And I said, cool. You know, who's going to join in the Facebook group? You know, what are they going to get out of it? He said, I want to help. You know, painters build their businesses, etc. And I, I thought, okay, this is an interesting one. Um, and it can be super niche like that, like helping a painter establish their business. And I ummed and ahed as to whether or not, you know, my stuff could really help him because I, I said, you need to find out the exact type of person that would join that group for a specific purpose. So for those joining in on the podcast, you know, if you're thinking about starting a group, you need to know, you know, if we often just have our own hat on and we think about, oh, well, people will join this, you know, it's valuable. And yes, that might be true, but do they want that specific community or help or value that you're delivering for the group? So I would say understand the purpose and then ask people that are those types of, you know, ask a whole range of people. Hey, would you join my, this group that I'm thinking about starting? This is what I'm offering or looking to deliver or help people with. And if they say yes, well, then you're onto something. If they say, well, I don't really need that help. Um, you just got to do your market research, bit of bit of research out there, and you can just do that with family and friends at the sporting, you know, complex with your kids at schools, church, wherever. Just ask people and find out would they be interested to hear more about the thing you're looking to start. I want to go a bit deeper on what you've just said there because first up, totally agree. And it ties nicely in with something that a lot of my clients are doing who've joined my case study and busy business builder at the moment. And it's really resonating with me because this week we've had lots of conversations about them 
um, really nailing their niche and yeah. having research conversations and interviews to make mm-hmm. sure that what they think their target market wants is actually what they're going to be delivering. And there's a lot of resistance because people don't want to go out and have those conversations. And what I yeah. often come across is them saying to me, well, Faye, I know my target market really well, so I know what they'd say. I'm like, no, that's not good enough. You've got to go out there and talk to them. Yep. If you can't go and meet them in person, get on the phone or a Zoom call or whatever, but go and talk to them because you'll go feel is not enough and uh, that's what I'm hearing what you're saying as well you're you're recommending go out and talk to people don't just think that you know what they want because that might be very different yeah very different and if we want to you know the introverts that are you know naturally inclined to go I don't want to talk to people Mm -hmm. let's go a step prior to that and doing some Facebook group research so go into the groups that have the audience that you think you know, uh, you're looking of help, looking at helping or the groups that are just massive and business related or whatever your market is and go into the search bar of the group and just type in some keywords, some pain points that you think that you're going to help them with, et cetera. Um, so let's use an example. Um, what, what, uh, one of the ladies that you help, what's something, what's a market they're in? Um, well, there's a couple that they've been talking. One's an interior designer. Cool. So uh, without even looking, I know that there's going to be just communities everywhere about design, interior design, you know, renovations, like anything in that spectrum, find a group, multiple groups, go into them and let's go to the search bar and type in interior design and it will bring up all of the posts that anyone's ever used those words or commented and you can easily start to find uh, the questions people are asking um, you know, competitors in the market and what they're providing within those groups, um, the pain points that people have had or challenges, you know, you'll find other websites and funnels, all sorts of stuff out there. But that can be a stepping stone to then going, all right, am I hot or not, you know, in what I'm looking at here. If you're on the warmer side or hot side, then start to take it out to people one-on-one when you're out and say, hey, look, I'm looking into this thing. Uh, does this resonate with you? Would you, you know, find a need for this or find it valuable and then you can build from that but that's a great place to start is within groups and everyone can do that within like five minutes that is a super top tip because you teach that in your program and I'd only ever use that functionality to search for people's names totally never thought about putting in like productivity or time management for example in my world and I did that exercise when you taught it in your program and wow what a wealth of information that came up and also a bucket load of posts that I just went and commented on and got people signing up to my lead magnets, joining my groups, really, really valuable. So for those of you listening to this or watching the video, go and do that because I promise you, you'll get a huge value out of it. And so, let Faye know, let Faye know in the Facebook group uh, how yeah. you go with that as well. Provide us some feedback um, and then maybe we can help some more. Definitely. Sounds good. All right. So let's talk about mistakes because I'm sure there are lots. What are the big yeah. easy mistakes that you see Facebook group oh. owners make most often? I thought you were going to say, what were my mistakes? I'm like, oh, there's a ton. <laughs> well, feel free to share those too. <laughs> Probably another podcast worth. Um, yeah. Group owner mistakes. There are a lot out there. Uh, I talk about the seven deadly sins of a Facebook mm. group owner. Um, things that are holding your group back um, in terms of growth, in terms of gaining leads, in terms of engagement, any of those areas, there's lots of different things. One of the biggest is, you know, as people come into your group, the first three questions that you get the opportunity to ask, um, people often, you know, stuff this up by asking like really big daunting questions 
from the beginning. Someone, the first question might be, um, what's the biggest challenge in your business right now stopping you from going to a million dollars? And it's like, oh, I don't want to answer that. That's like really hurtful. And like, you know, I don't want to think about that. I just want help. Yeah. You know? So my tip, you know, that's, that's a problem would be just to, to bring people into your community in a nurturing way um, instead of, you know, creating a roadblock from the front door. Um, another big one, and this is one that I'm really passionate about, is like not hardcore selling within your groups. Um, you know, people are there. It's peers first, you know, not prospects. So, like, just, you know, enjoy and get to know your people in your group um, without having a, you know, a big buy now button every day that goes into your group. Um, people are so aware of what's going on. They know that you've got a business. They know that, you know, they're a potential prospect that you could help them. Uh, they're looking to build that trust, you know, that no like trust factor up within your group. So, don't go creating a pitch fest within your group. Hey, I was guilty of that, you know, multiple years ago uh, in my earlier Facebook groups and it's a hard lesson to learn. So that's what, um, you know, we've been working on together to get people to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'd like to have a chat, um, but not necessarily forcing them down your funnel. Um, yeah. Do, just quickly on that, do you find yeah. that people go the other extreme as well and they're running Facebook groups and there is literally yes. no you know, no offer whatsoever. It's too much give and not enough ask. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's a balance that you need to learn, you know, in terms of the value that you're providing, there should be value, uh, but there should also be ask as well, you know, um, who here needs help that, because that's your job. If you've got a business that services people and helps them, it's your job and your obligation to, to provide that to people that, um, that need it. So, it's yeah. just finding the balance between that, yeah, value versus asking. And you're very good at teaching that balance because as you're talking about that, I'm remembering the the masterclass that I did in your program on building a schedule for your Facebook group of posts yeah. open up so that you get that balance right and you're adding value, but you're also making sure that there is an offer there and people know what you do and how to work with you. Um, but it's, I mean, for, I think for me, actually, I was over delivering on value and there wasn't a lot of were, offers yeah. there Yeah. and I'm still trying to find that, get that balance right. It is a work in progress, but I think it's mindful for our listeners to think about where they're at on that scale. Totally. Uh, and then one we were talking about in my group today was, you know, touch points with new members. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone comes into your world, if they don't have a touch point, within the first 24 hours, the likelihood of them engaging within that community drops by a massive, massive percentage. And then if they don't get another touch point or their first touch point within seven days in your community without, you know, a welcome or a high or something, that just is almost like 1% of them ever, you know, taking part in anything moving forward. And I call those people the shadow dwellers. (laughs) They come in, everyone's group's got them and they hide in the dark and they just put their hand out and they take when there's an opportunity, but they're not engaging, commenting, responding, you know, helping out uh, along the way. So um, you need to have, you know, two or three touch points that help someone feel valued, help them feel heard and connected in the first, hopefully 24 hours to uh, seven days. Those timelines are awesome. Like I love me some KPIs. So yeah. in my head, that's going great. Like it's really clear what you need to be doing when people are coming in and making sure that you're hitting those. Otherwise, yep. you know, what's the point? You might have gone to a lot of effort to get them in and then, you know, they're going to be those shadow dwellers that literally never see anything you post up anyway. So what was the point in all that hard work? 
100%. Yeah. So just for people listening, you know, think about the touch points that you welcome people into your group and how you start, you know, their first interaction. Good. Now this kind of, this ties in nicely with, you know, I love to talk about time and all about productivity, right? I rant on about it a lot. I reckon that a lot of people waste a lot of time in Facebook groups, both as visitors into groups, but also as group owners. What are your top kind of three tips to help group owners make sure they're actually spending their time wisely to grow and leverage their groups instead of just hemorrhaging time and wasting it left, right and center? It's a big one. I mean, we can all hang out because they're fun sometimes, but then also because we're just fluffing around in there. Um, I'd rather be on the fun side, but then I'd also rather be building my business. So we need to be mindful of those things. Top three tips I would say is uh, one, you know, map out the type of content that you want to provide and the things that you want to give into your group. You know, uh, are they going to be live videos? Are they going to be long form posts? Are they going to be links to blogs? Uh, Are they going to be interviews with other guests? You know, map out the content that you want to provide. Secondly, would be to break it down. Do those things happen daily? Do they happen weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? Are there annual events? So break down the, the content that you've just mapped out. And then thirdly, schedule it. Get 30 days mapped out and just jot down for the next month ahead what you're going to do when and just know why you're going to do that. Once you've got that process down, you can repeat that month in, month out. Yes, I love it. Rockstar productivity right there. And one of the you know important things you said at the start was about it, it's very easy to flaff around, fluff around, whatever, in Facebook groups um, and, and, and kid yourself that you're being productive because you feel busy. But yep. ultimately, at the end of the day or the week, you look back at what have I done, what have I achieved, and it can be virtually nothing. So I think that your totally. plan is spot on because if you're not strategic about it and you don't have a plan, then you run the very high risk of being very unproductive in the because they're fun and they're distracting. Yeah, and Facebook's built a, a mini miniature casino that um, keeps <laughs> us, you know, ticking along and putting in, you know, one dollar, two dollars, and it just doesn't stop. So you've got to be very exactly. mindful of it. I, that's a very wise way of saying that miniature casino. I love it. Well, no, it's actually the biggest casino if we're if we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, ching, ching, ching all the time. Now, I reckon that our listeners are listening to this and thinking that they want more from you. The really good news for your listeners is Ryan has already said, yes, I'll give it to you for free. Yeah, you said yes. You didn't. Even, you don't even know what you said yes to yet, but you said yes. <laughs> so Ryan has very generously agreed to run a free masterclass for members of my Busy Business Women uh, Facebook group, which hopefully you are already a member of. Uh, it's called Facebook Groups Are the New Black, How to Grow Your Business with Your Group. So we are going to be digging in and deep diving into way more than we've had time for on the podcast today. As hopefully you've realized already, Ryan is very unsousy, very undouchey. So I know that this is going to be a session jammed with value and one that will pack a punch. So if you've been thinking about setting up a group or would like to use your group much more effectively, I want you to come and join us on this live. All you need to do is head over to the show notes and there will be a link in there to register for the live masterclass. You do need to register, but it is completely free. So just go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 44 and all the details will be there for you. And you'll get to see Ryan and I hang out again and me asking lots 
lots of questions and just me take lots of notes because I learn something new from you, Ryan, every single time I talk to you, even if Thanks, it is uh, about rock star bands and your beautiful <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. But thank you so much fun. for doing that because my tribe are very will be very grateful when they sit in that and realise it. And I, uh, when I set up the events yesterday, there's some great buzz about having you yeah. in our community. So thanks for doing that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So let's talk a bit more about productivity before I let you go. You sure. seem such a calm and collected and chilled person. I would like to just take some of that into my own life because I'm so high energy and frantic most of the time, as you've already realized. Um, you seem to have a busy life, though. You've got a lot going on. You're not somebody that's sitting around bored, right? So I'd love to know what strategies you're using in your business and your life to manage your time well and be more productive. Yeah, cool. Um, I, I can geek out on this stuff forever. I've got, you know, it's a constant changing cycle for me. And um, it's sort of started ever since reading the books like Think and Grow Rich and, you know, Morning Miracle, etc. I, I love this sort of stuff. For me, you know, the morning is a very special time. Um, you know, I would say I'm fortunate not to have kids. One day I will, but, you know, I don't have kids. So for those listening, you know, you probably do have kids and it changes the dynamic. But I just tell my friends with kids, get up earlier, you know. <laughs> suck suck right, it up. Don't even start on that topic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I really do treasure my morning and uh, I like to spend the first hour and a half, you know, notification free, phone free, <clears throat> just on me. And it's the only time I know during a day that I'm going to get before people are wanting stuff from me, the emails and the messages are pinging, notifications are happening, sales calls, etc. all of that stuff. So uh, for me, it's very basic in the morning uh, and I've changed this over the, I've done the bulletproof coffees, I've done all of the, you know, tried meditation, stretching. Uh, it's pretty simple at the moment. Get up and coffee and breakfast and then I'll read my two success books for the day. I try and read them every day. I'm not perfect. Uh, at the moment, I'm reading Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, incredible book for negotiating. He was an FBI, the top FBI negotiator. Oh, uh, I love the sound of that. Super, super cool book. I can't believe I didn't read it earlier. Chris Bernetti bought it for me, so back to that connection. Oh, Chris, yeah. Uh, reading that, and I always read the Bible. They're my two success books, something new and something uh, as old as time itself. And yep. then yep. Um, I will, you know, pray you know, set myself up for the day. I'll send a, a message to my mentor, who's my cousin. We literally say three things we're grateful for from the previous day, a couple of learnings that we've had, and then what will make today's success. So today, my thing is being on this podcast with you. So today is just about a success. <laughs> that. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just get ready for the day and head into the office after that. You know, I'll respond to people, make sure the world hasn't burnt down online around me. Um, but I don't let any of that stuff in until about 7.30 a.m. Um, yeah, that's my morning at the moment. I I, firstly, I'm very envious of that because I do have kids. So that would be my ideal morning. Sure. Um, it, I can't execute it in that way. And that's not limiting beliefs, right? I literally no, no, can't totally. do that. But so well, I we just can talk wanna, about the end of the day potentially then. Yeah, well, but I'm just thinking my flip on that is um, I go through phases of getting up at five. So my daughter actually wakes up at that point, but she's not allowed to come out of her room till six. She has what's called nice. a clock. There'll be lots yep. of parents listening to this going, yeah, I know what that thing is. So I go through phases of getting up at five because I love that hour or even if it's half an hour of that 
focus time yeah. and attention of getting the really important stuff done. But for those of us that are either in a phase where we can't do it or maybe we're not morning people, I think the other way to do that because it is really valuable time in your business is as soon as you sit down at your desk and you get into the office and whether you just drop the kids off or whatever your point is where you start, make that first hour the distraction free. It's not mm. going to feel quite like the 5 or 6 a.m. when, you know, there's no noise around and there's nothing. But if you don't turn anything on, if you keep all the notifications off, if you put the blinkers on and focus on the mission critical tasks that are most important in your business, you can still get that sense of great productivity before your day's even begun. Totally. Yeah. Just drawing on the parallels there and trying to implement them into yep. kind of parenthood or other more challenging lives. And, yeah, yeah. And for everyone out there that says they're not a morning person, I'm with you. I'm actually not a morning person. Oh. Uh, I just love the results I get from being that person. Yeah. So it's one of those things, hard things are the hard things, right? Um, yeah. And so it's only a 6 a.m. wake up, but I just love the results that come from that time for me. On the flip side, you know, you said it's physically pretty hard to do that. Uh, I would just say do a similar thing at night. You know, once the kids have gone down, you can spend that time for yourself. Uh, it will, you know, help sleep, but it'll be a little bit different because you're not starting your day, you know, with the things ahead. You're actually finishing your day into your sleep. So, you know, yeah. phone down, uh, you know, 30 minutes to at least an hour of no screens. Um, I try and implement that as well. Yeah, completely agree with you. I did that last night, actually. I sat for an hour with a glass of wine. It doesn't always oh. have to be wine. There's a glass of wine, did an hour of study of another course that I'm doing, and then went and laid in bed on my Shakti mat. I've talked about my Shakti mat a lot to people, so those of you that know what it is, you can visualize is, me laying on my is Shakti this, Is this it? Have you got one? Is it, uh, is it one of these? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bought one. <laughs> really? Now you've just, for those that aren't listening, aren't watching the video, but are listening to the podcast, Ryan has just dragged out from under his desk, a Shakti mat, which just to, so anyone that doesn't know what a Shakti mat is, it's like this little mat that you can lay on that's got loads and loads of really sharp prickles. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I wasn't standing on it for the whole podcast. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, have you just been standing on that the whole time? No, I haven't, but I'm really mad that I wasn't now. Oh, because, so listeners, it's like acupuncture. It's amazing. And I lay on it every single night because I have a really bad back, but I've been trying to get into standing on it. And it, I think it's one of those things you've got to work up to standing on it for the length of a podcast. I could, oh, yeah. I could do about five minutes right now. That's so <laughs> funny that you've got one and you've got it right there. So yes, I lay on my Shakti mat and then I read um, some of the course books that are the course that I'm doing. And it's just a nice end to the day. Like I can't do that at the start of the day. I'm too interrupted by children, but I just love that. It's, it's where so I get cool. my energy and yeah, focus from. So thank you for sharing that. No worries. All right. Now I reckon, although you definitely advise to not just keep sharing uh, motivational quotes and I completely yeah. understand the strategy behind that. I also reckon being the wise one that you are, that there's some quotes or mantras that you've got in your life that oh, have yeah. kind of inspired you over the years. I'd love to know what some of them are, or at least one of them, your top one. Yeah. The one that I love and I just keep in the forefront is uh, many people will know this is that from Zig Ziglar, one of my favorites, absolute favorites. And he says, you know, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough others get what they want in life. That's my number one. And yeah, that just always reminds me of the value that I need to add first before ever expecting anything in return from anyone. 
Um, and then secondly, you know, Think and Grow Rich was a big changer for me. And for many years, I used the affirmation passage that Napoleon Hill uh, has in that book. And it's, it's somewhat lengthy. It takes about two and a half minutes or two minutes sort of to read through. But once you customize that passage to you, your goals and the things that you're looking to achieve, for those three years, I think that I did it, uh, every goal that I'd set for or multiple goals that I'd set for the year, I ticked off every single one by the end of the year. I looked back and I thought, oh, I can't believe I did that. And then I realized, of course, I can believe I did that. I, I thought and, you know, focused on those goals every single day. So, um, yeah, two things there. A really short one, adding value to people. And then a longer one is affirming who you believe you are, who you want to be, uh, and the things that you're looking to achieve. You live and breathe giving value. I didn't know that that was going to be one of your favorite quotes, but I think anyone that's followed you or worked with you would totally agree. I think that you, you, you know, you live and breathe that. And the um, last one that you said, so just tell us, so did you, you had those goals written out and you read that passage and just read them out to yourself every morning or what was your process there? Yeah, I I would stand in front of the mirror and I, I typed it out onto my phone so I could be anywhere at any time doing it. I used to do this in the band. Like, I've, I've, yeah, I used to do this a long time ago. Um, we'd be st- staying in people's houses, touring around, and I'd get in the front of the mirror or whatever. And I would just read them out and I got more and more used to it and I'd memorize, uh, memorize it. Um, but, yeah, you would go through and affirm, you know, everything that you are called to be. And then at the end of it, you would state, you know, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to have this car by the end of the year, I'm going to help this many people by the end of the year um, or by the date that you set. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I did that year in, year out for probably more than three years. Um, wow. but really powerful stuff. You can't finish that. You know, if you start that at a one or a two, you can't not finish it without remembering the things that you're looking to achieve and people you want to help. Such a good reminder because when you're talking about that, one, I'm going, I've read that book. I know what you're talking about. Secondly, I'm going, why am I doing it? And also, thirdly, I'm like, well, imagine how much stuff we all consume, right? We consume lots of stuff. You sound like you're probably an avid reader. We've both got a thirst for learning. I know lots of our listeners have. Um, It's just making me think about some of these really great golden nuggets that I've learned over time. Totally. And then life's busyness has just taken over and I'm not doing them. So thanks heaps for sharing that because I'm going to go grab that book off that bookshelf yeah. as soon as we're done and I think it's called passage. the confidence affirmations I think okay it sounds fabulous and I and it is I remember it I just had forgotten to do it which yeah, is totally crap right <laughs> <laughs> okay now I could talk all day you are just so fun to hang out with um I think we're very Likewise. lucky that you and I have got a lot more coming up which is very exciting so To wrap things up, first of all, listeners and those of you watching the video, if you'd like to get in contact with Ryan and learn heaps more from him, his details are very conveniently in one lovely place for you in the show notes. So you can just go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 44 and everything that I'm just about to tell you is going to be in that place. So forward slash podcast 44, okay? But if you want to just dig in straight away and go and find Ryan and stalk him like I did and I'd recommend you do, (laughs) you can first of all head to his website, which is ryanbowles.com. Now, you mentioned when we were talking before about your awesome freebie and I don't say that lightly it really is I've actually just got it on my desk here. So for those people that are watching uh, video I have it here and I love it it's 
called The Seven Deadly Sins of a Group Owner. Uh, you go through some really awesome stuff in that. So I'm just going to share some of the points and you might want to cool. elaborate. But the sins that you're going to learn about are the number one unforgivable sin within your group, which you need to find out about. I know what it is. Uh, what will hold you back from growing a strong group fast? Why most groups fail within three months of birth? Please don't be that person. It's such a waste of time. And then you go through a whole load of other sins. Well, four, in fact, because it's the seven deadly sins, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> to, uh, sins to avoid like the plague if you plan to grow a powerful Facebook group. Um, anything else you want to add to that? Because it's a cracking freebie. Gen- generally, is, uh, generally, genuinely is. It's not one of those things that should be gathering dust on anyone's desk. Cool. Um, and it doesn't have to. You can get it online. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say <laughs> Um, I would just probably expand upon a thought that probably holds people back. And that is, you know, you need to have a massive group to make massive dollars and it takes years to make make a massive group. So I'm not going to make massive dollars if that's the way you're looking at groups. Um, It's not the case. And so, you know, some of our members in the program have had groups as small as 44 and made, made one post within the group and made three sales. So I just want to, yeah, that's a bit of um, a mindset thing. Don't let it hold you back with people with 200,000 person groups. Uh, it's small, powerful, uh, and when they're the right people in your group, you're going to do wonderful things. I want to add to that because I saw somebody post in your group yesterday. Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> I haven't fun. caught up with the full thread. Um, I did think oh, far out why you're in this group but um you the point was somebody has mentioned well Ryan you don't have this huge group so you're teaching this stuff but your group's not massive and I think it's a really important point to bring up because yeah. some of our listeners are going to go to your group and go well, okay well why is your group not massive Ryan when yep. you're teaching this uh, I know what would I think about that but I want you to not defend yourself but there's absolute strategy behind that so yeah, totally. what, do you, what do you say to those points yeah, I've, uh, I, I really enjoyed um, said person's comment. And Robust discussion. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, there was no way in the world I was going to delete that comment and hide from it. Like it's, a, it's totally valid. But he was poking a stick, which was, which mm. was good fun. So, um, you know, when I think about it and to answer you here, it's like um, I think about, you know, any sort of a sport, right? Think about like the, the baseball coach who coaches the hitter to hit home runs but he himself couldn't hit a home run to save his life. You know, but you can see the technique. You're watching from afar and you can see what's going wrong or the positioning or the head, you know, see where his eyes are watching to make sure he hits that ball and score that home run. And so uh, you don't need, you know, sure, this group is uh, about about to crack 500 members. Um, you know, declined so many people because I just want the right people in there to hang out with my community. But, you know, there's plenty of coaches out there that help people do way more business than they're currently doing in, in their business. And I think that's the beauty of um, the world we live in, um, but also it doesn't have to define the people that you work with. Do you know what? I think you're doing a disservice for yourself with that answer, right? I get, okay. I completely agree with you, but I'm just going to come to your defense even more here because I think what you're teaching is that you don't need groups of thousands and thousands of people to be able to use a Facebook group to leverage your, uh, in your business and to grow. 
What you actually want is quality over quantity. So I've fallen foul of this and I've got, you know, significantly more people in my group, but a lot of disengaged people, a lot of people that I maybe haven't welcomed in in those first 24 hours or are just those lurkers that are never going to engage with me. So I think it would be better to have 500 people of people that are engaged and regularly looking out for your posts than the bigger group. Um, And I I also saw somebody talk about, um, there were some percentages thrown out there. I can't remember what they were for, but I, I remember yeah, he, about the engagement percentage. He'd gone and done some maths on yeah. the engagement. Uh, and I really, oh, you know. Was significantly higher. Yeah, he said it was uh, 7% um, of the group, which I just thought it was fascinating to find that someone could, you know, work out the percentage of a, a group <laughs> based on that. So I just posted up the group insights. Uh, uh I honestly, I'm like, dude, I don't know how to work percentages out. I just let the Facebook, you know, tell me what they are. Yeah. Uh, and they're all 100%, 200% plus, you know, month exactly. on Exactly. I'm really glad that we got to finish on that point because oh, I totally. demonstrated real strength in what you do and the way that you deal with people in your ethos behind your business. So give yourself yeah. more credit, my friend. You're doing an amazing uh, appreciate job. It. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last thing I want to mention is um, I did Ryan's big group uh, program, but he's also got a mini Facebook group program. It's 47 bucks. It's awesome. So you can go and check that out. The link will be in the podcast show notes too, but you can otherwise go to ryanbowles.com forward slash mini and it's all there. For 47 bucks, you really are not going to ever regret that decision. So you should go check it out. Now we're going to wrap things up now. We've got lots more juice coming, obviously with your free masterclass coming up soon and the shine masterclass that you're running for my tribe, which we're going to be digging deep into many more of these techniques that you shared with me. Before I let you go on this fabulous Friday, is there anything else that you want to share with us or anything you want to leave with us before we wrap up? So much. No, it's just been a real pleasure hanging out. Thanks so much for having me on. And um, yeah, I can't wait to meet more people in your community on the masterclass and inside your group and um, hang out on Facebook. Fabulous. Thank you so much for giving up your time, your energy, your expertise. You're very generous with all of those things. And we really appreciate you being here. So thank you. Listeners, if you have enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you have, I would love you to go and leave us a review on iTunes, please. And let us know what you learned from Ryan and what you love about these podcasts. We would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I love doing these podcasts. I love hanging out with you. So I really appreciate the time you put into listening. I'll be back again very, very soon to help you build a business that booms. But until then, I'm Faye Hollands and you've been listening to Ryan Bowles from ryanbowles.com on the Busy Businesswomen podcast. 